Hypocrisy's the best policy. Wish for change, but lazily. Century of debilitation. Your evolution is a damnation. You know what that music means. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 7 of the HV Pucks Podcast. This is the only independent outlet dedicated to covering the sport of hockey in our region. One of the things I enjoy the most about hosting this podcast is when I get to sit down with players, coaches, parents, and fans to talk pucks. This week, I sat down with Gary Dworkowitz, head coach of the North Rockland Raiders. Gary was extremely gracious and gave me almost 25 minutes during his interview. At the time of this recording, the Raiders are 6-1 and are ranked 3rd in New York State by the New York State Sports Writers Association. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and I'm pleased to be joined by Gary Dworkowitz, head coach for the North Rockland Raiders. Um, He's taken a few minutes out of his day to speak with me, and I really do appreciate it. Gary, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, My pleasure. All right, so I happened to be at your Winter Classic last night where uh, you got together with Coach Alessandrino and the Crusaders from Monroe Woodbury. Uh, It's the third year that you've done it. Uh, I actually got to be the public address announcer last night, as you know, and I certainly can't think of a better way to ring in the holiday season than to, uh, you know, be a part of that event. So thank you again for inviting me in to participate. Yeah, it was great. It was a great event. And, uh, you know, we're, we're glad to have you up there. Yeah. And I, and I was super pleased to be a part of it. So um, I've had the good fortune of watching your team develop and grow over the last several years. And I, I'm very interested in finding out, uh, your thoughts on on the team. So, can you describe your team in five words or less? Oh, five words or less is tough. But um, I, you know, I would say they're competitive, um, and it's a real tight tight knit unit. I go with that. Okay. I'll also add that they're deep, they're skilled, they're physical. So I'll I'll add that to it as well. Just again, as a as a kind of an objective uh, observation. Um. What excites you most about this team, Coach? Uh, what excites me the most is how much room we have to get better. Um, we are, um, you know, we're working on being a complete team, all three zones, um, and and the amount of room we have to improve is still considerable. Um, so I. Yeah, I say to our guys, like you know, imagine, imagine when we're, imagine when we're where we want to be in all three zones. Like that, that thought of how good we can be. That's that's what I get excited about. Um, any surprises this season? Are there any players that have maybe stepped up and you know impressed you with their play so far? I wouldn't say surprises. I would say more uh, validations. Um, you know the. The larger majority of the group are really good student athletes. Um, 
you know, most of the guys are playing on multiple teams, and most of the guys are taking um, extremely challenging classes in school. I mean, I know you're a guidance counselor, so you're ultimately, you know, really familiar. Um, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm actually not surprised with one particular person, but I'm just surprised at how well um, the group handles their their workload during the week because it's it's significant. You know, the amount of time they spend on ice, off ice. Um, keeping up with um, their academic responsibilities, clubs, activities, um, and seemingly handling it, um, you know, uh, very well. Like, that to me is surprising. And sometimes like, you expect and you ask yourself how, how they do this. Um, but that, that would be the thing that, uh, I guess, I don't have one player that I'd say, like, oh, I didn't expect that guy to do that. But, but that's kind of where I shake my head a little bit, like I said, about the daily grind that these guys go through and, and just how well they handle it. And actually, you, you know, your answer was spot on. And you and I talked about this earlier in the week when I asked you uh, for episode four, which is going to air um, tomorrow. You know, what does the jersey mean to you? And I know that you highlighted the fact that, you know, your players are taking challenging academic courses and they're able to manage the coursework with the demands of the game, travel commitments, family commitments, just, you know, they're able to handle everything. And that's great to hear. Um, who are some of the players to watch on your squad? Uh, well, I think um, we, I think our, the depth of our team is our strength. And I think on a given night, it could be, it could be different players. Um, you know, we've, we've had contributions from, five different lines on our team. Um, you know, it's it's what a team's supposed to be. Like, you know, and, and uh, I, I don't know if there's one guy who could say, hey, this is the guy to watch. But um, I think certainly our, our senior group of players, um, you know, we have, uh, you know, the two, uh, two Lukes and uh, Chris Hilliard and, We've got another senior batch there with Dylan Cole and, and, and uh, Matty Pasolipo and, uh, and Brian Jensen. We've got a terrific, uh, a terrific line of uh, sophomores. And then we've got uh, another group with uh, Jimmy Costin and Victor Diaz and Jack Guerra. You know, two seniors on that group with a, a real good sophomore. And then, um, you know, good depth on defense. I mean, I, it's really... You know, we, we had uh, scored eight goals in our opener, and, and uh, you know, we had guys coming back who, who were uh, identified as, as top players, and, and those guys didn't get a point in that game. Um, so so I, I honestly say, you know, on, on a given night, it could be a number of guys that, that are chipping in, and I think um, that's, that's what makes you uh, more, more challenging to play against because you can't, you can't just say, okay, we're going to just – you know, we're going to lock, you know, one group down. Right. Um, you're going to have to kind of pick who you want to, who you want to attack. And then, you know, the other guy's jobs to step up and, and, you know, make the other, make the other team pay for that. Yeah. You definitely have the depth. You have the talent. You are absolutely not a one trick pony. And a lot of the, a lot of the names that you rattled off earlier were definitely names that I announced uh, last night at the winter classic. So it's nice to see everybody contribute. Yeah. And, and, and one thing I want to add to that, and I, and I mean it is that, um, you know, the, the players, you know, they don't, they don't just show up like magically, you know, and it's not like, uh, you know, there's one, one way to do it. I mean, the, the players are coming from multiple different youth organizations, 
we're starting to turn out guys in our youth organization, but there's also neighboring youth organizations, you know, the Predators, the Stains. Uh, we've got uh, kids who played for the Hitmen and the Avalanche and, you know, these other programs that are helping to develop skills um, and, and, you know, formulating a, a, a group of players. So, you know, a lot of times people are like, oh, you know, do you, do you get upset if players go and play in organization A or B or C? And the answer is no, I don't. It's, it, it's great. The kids are playing more. They, there's more quality players and more skill development than there ever was. But, um, you know, I, I want to acknowledge all those youth organizations as well as our own. Um, the North Rockland Youth Organization that, that is working towards developing players and giving us an opportunity to to be successful. Um, you know, I, I look at it the same way as in school, right? You're a guidance counselor. If, if a child's coming to school and they have all the things they need, they've been fed, they have their books, their pencils, uh, they've had a good night's sleep, you as an educator can teach. I think if you're a high school coach, if, if the players are coming into your program and they have a, a level of skill you have an opportunity to try to take that the next step and be successful. But you know, no one's going anywhere if you don't have a certain level of skill development, and that and I think that's important to to make sure those groups you know are acknowledged for that. And I definitely want to shout out uh, to the North Rockland Youth Hockey Organization. I had the pleasure of being in the house for your assist benefit game last year, and you guys really, I mean, packed the barn. There was standing room only. Tremendous support for the program, you know, from the members of the community. And actually, it doesn't surprise me that uh, the North Rockland student section won uh, the best fan poll that I ran last week, too. Because, again, whether it's the players, whether it's the youth development program, whether it's the fans in the stands, you guys seem to bring it everywhere you go. Um, Yeah, and uh, I want to just give you a little um, little piece on that because I think, I don't don't know if you haven't had a chance to talk about it, but... After that uh, assist game, um, you know, through the Ranger organization, uh, in partner with North Rockland Youth Hockey, um, at the end of it, you, you have to decide, like, how are you going to allocate that money? And um, through discussions with our board um, and our coaches, what we decided to do was try to put that money into a training center. And um, we are entering a partnership with Camp Venture, and um, – Essentially, we're going to uh, take over a space and we're going to have a, uh, a hockey training center for youth players all the way up through our high school guys. And um, we'll have components to that center, but one of the components in the center is going to be an education station where we're going to be able to teach players, um, new players, how you put your equipment on, things to expect on the ice, put them through drills, and get them prepared, as well as provide tutoring for uh, our younger um, student-athletes in our program with our varsity players can be used educational component along with um, off-ice training um, for specifically for the sport of hockey. And then then in addition to that, our players are going to run a program for uh, the clients of Camp Venture, um, and they're going to be able to provide community service, and the folks at Camp Venture are going to get another another sport that their, uh, their consumer is going to get an opportunity to to be involved in, and um, you know, we're super excited about it. We're we're just about there to, to sign the lease, and um, you know, we should get it going before the end of the year, hopefully. Um, but it's something that I wanted to um, to share with you guys because it's gonna it's it's gonna be like nothing else um, around here. 
I got to tell you, I think that's huge. And I know, you know, you and I spoke before the assist game. And at that time, I know you had mentioned you were starting to look at different commercial spaces, different venues. Um, and you had mentioned that in addition to the, the hockey end of things, there was going to be that educational component, that community service component. So I'm thrilled to hear that everything is really starting to come together. And, and I wish you nothing but the best with all those endeavors as, uh, as we approach 2018. Um, outside of the Winter Classic last night, Coach, what would you say is the biggest game of the season for you on the calendar? Well, our kids love the county games. I mean, they, they look for the county games, obviously, the backyard games. Or, you know, with uh, Coach Cashel, I used to call them all games. We got the, you know, the games in your backyard, you know, the, the Sufferings and the Clarkstowns and the Pro Rivers. Like, those games are always important to our kids. The, uh, and I think they, you know, they look, look forward to those every year. The game that I'm I'm most interested in getting to, I don't have the date right on top of my head, and, and I don't expect you to have it either. But you're you're tangling with Mamaroneck after the new year. I want to say it's like a nine ten p.m. puck drop at Sporto sometime in January. Don't quote me on that, but uh, that's a game I definitely want to check out. I want to say it's it's a Saturday night too, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, that's something that I want to see because because you you your two programs are. are Two of the top, in my opinion, in the section. Um, Coach, outside of, let's say, Bear Mountain, because there's a lot of things we have to contend with when we're at that rink, what's the toughest rink to play in, in your opinion? Oh, man, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I think uh, I think the, the rinks that have the livelier boards, if, you, uh, if that's not a rink that you practice at. Um, so, like, uh, I think uh, Ice Hutch, you know, their boards are pretty lively. Absolutely. Um, Playland's. Playland boards are pretty lively. Um, you know, I think I think those kinds of rinks, uh, for the most part. But in terms of uh, you know the fan bases, obviously a lot of these schools have good fan bases. But um, I, our, our players, for the most part, enjoy playing in those rinks. But um, I, I, I'd go with that. I'd go with that. When you're just a little bit unfamiliar with the um, the little birthmarks of the rinks, um, the funny bounces and those kinds of stuff. But those two rinks kind of pop out a little bit on that just because of, uh, you know, like as I said, those boards um, and the lighting um, is, a, is a slightly different, um, you know, than, than where we used to play at Sport Iowa. Yeah, that's definitely, your responses are definitely on par with other players and coaches I've spoken to. They say, yeah, the boards and the glass at the ice hutch is definitely lively. There's apparently a bump near the Zamboni entrance and the 98 ring at Brewster Ice Arena, which kind of also throws people off a little bit. So, you know, I, I'm sure every rink has their own little nuances and intricacies. Um, Coach, in your opinion, who is your biggest rival? Uh, biggest rival, probably, I mean, you know, our kids, like I said, our kids really look forward to the county games. Um, you know, but I think in order to have that rivalry, you, you have to um, – you know, you have to win some games. And, um, like, our guys, you know, look forward to playing Clarkstown, look forward to playing Suffern. Um, but, you know, we, we've got, you know, we've got one win against Suffern in the past, you know, 30-plus years. So, you know, that one of the first things we're working towards is, like we said, you know, being able to compete with the best teams. Um, so I think you have to win a couple before you can truly call it a rivalry. But I know, I know our guys enjoy playing against them. Um, just because uh, of the measure of success of their program. And, um, you know, and as I said, our kids look forward to playing, you know, Clark's Duncan Proers as well. They're, 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 you know, they're backyard games and they're kind of like local bragging rights. And, and a lot of the kids play on, um, 
travel teams together. So, so um, you know, there's like those personal bragging rights going on too, um, which which is only good fun. But I know that that uh, those games mean a little something extra to them too. I was there when you beat Suffern last year. That was quite the coup. I mean, I I wasn't surprised, but just the outpouring of you know, buzz on social media. I know you were interviewed by Dylan Butler on the News 12 Varsity Morning Skate program. So I know Loha did a uh, piece on that too. So, and, and I know you had a, I think you had a connection to the team that actually beat Suffren 30 some odd years ago as well. Is that true, Gary? Uh, that was true. I was actually um, a seventh grader and um, I used to come up and help out like the varsity games and, you know, throw the sticks on a bench in the water for those guys. Um, and that situation, uh, but I remember it right. I think Coach Orlando had to discipline a bunch of his guys. Um, got into a little bit of dust up and um, he suspended a bunch of guys. So the last time I was talking to the one was like, they had a team full of JV players and, uh, and one guy, Dennis Sepulveda, I think scored five goals against, against North Rock on, um, and I think they won North Rock on like eight five. So that was, that was way back, like in seventy nine, eighty season. Okay. So, you know, a long, a long time ago. All right. So you're connected. You're connected to two uh, North Rockland victories over Suffern as a water boy, stick boy, assistant, and then certainly as a coach. So it's kind of come full circle for you. Um, just a couple All more. Right. Co- and, and, and and you know, and just one thing to add to that. So like, you know, teams like Suffern and American, those guys, and Pelham and Rise, like the teams have traditions, longstanding. They they also provided benchmarks for our program, like um, in, like miles of consistency, not, like not just trying to be good for a, you know a game or a year, and trying to trying to promote that that level to push your program where you want you want to be competitive each year, you know. And I, I like those guys, at least locally for us, those guys have provided that you know that guideline, that benchmark, and um, you know a lot of times we'll use them as as um, a pointed example, you know, that it's not just a one-time thing, you know. I mean, guys are saying they had an off-year last year. They are in a section final, you know. That, that, that's a great year for a lot of programs. Yeah. Um, so I think that's important in any, in any part you're doing is that you have things that you're looking at or to aspire to in terms of models of consistency because that really is the microcosm of hockey, right? It's, it's getting good habits and repeating those things over and over and over regardless of who you're playing. Like, that's the thing. Are you going to play one way against one team and then you're going to play a different way against another team? The best teams have the same brand, the same system, no matter who they're playing. And that, that's where we're, that's kind of where we're trying to go. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. That's one of the reasons why I put this podcast together because, quite honestly, Section 1 has become a hockey hotbed. We have three New York State championships since 2012. You know, routinely, you know, our programs are Section 1 champs, um, you know, and, and again, when you start to see teams from Buffalo come down on a regular basis or teams from, you know, any other parts of New York State to come down here on a regular basis, I mean, that says something. That that wasn't something. I never played the game, Gary. I mean, I, I grew up in Suffern. I remember going to Sportaram on, on Friday nights, and I don't remember teams coming down, you know, the way they do now to play. So I think that just speaks volumes. no. no. Right, and that, and those guys will all tell you, you know, you know, the guys who've been around a long time. Our our our, our hockey brand was not looked at favorably in other parts of upstate New York, and it is it's a credit to the growth of the sport. Um, it's also a credit to you know 
USA Hockey. The growth in USA Hockey in our country has been huge. Um, it's a credit to the, the rinks popping up and the youth programs that are, that are developing. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of good hockey players here. I mean, we have we have two players from Section One playing in the NHL. I mean, if you had said that to somebody ten years ago, fifteen years ago, people would have looked at you, uh, you know, sideways. Right. You have two guys who played played in our Section One hockey games. They're playing in the NHL right now, and, and you know, and Matty Willows isn't that far from being the third. And that's definitely a testament to uh, to how far we've come as a as a region, as a program, as a as a as a destination, if you will. Two more questions for you, Coach. One, I think I know the answer to already, um, but I'm still going to ask it anyway. Uh, favorite professional hockey player, past or present? Ooh, uh, well, I have one guy, but I do. I will say, like locally, um, is a is a a group of players I do appreciate. Um, you know, being a, a guy who, who's a Ranger fan, um, I, I, I really appreciate Rick Nash. Um, you know, Rick Nash was always, his reputation was a goal scorer. And, um, you know, when you watch his game and you get to see a guy more often as a, as a hometown player than you would, obviously, somebody coming in once a year or whatever, you watch the way he approached his overall game as a defender a penalty killer, um, a guy who is so humble and plays with no ego. And regardless of whether he's getting, um, you know, criticism for not scoring in playoffs and, you know, things having to do with uh, salary, you know, you know, he's just always the same guy. And, and um, you know, I just I just really appreciate that about, about him. Um, he really cares about the game. And um, I think mean, he's... he's uh, He's a great role model for, for young players. Um, and he just he's just one of the guys that I just I just appreciate the way he handles his business on a daily on a daily basis. He, he's not he doesn't ex, he's not an excuse maker. He he owns his mistakes. He's he's a guy that that hockey coaches can use and look to point to uh, when when you are telling your players and looking them in the eye and say, guys, you know, there's a number of ways you can contribute to to a winning team. Um, you know, play, you gotta remember, players are somewhat brainwashed. You know, you have family members when when uh, when a player comes in the door. You know, what's what always the first two questions they ask them? You know, is, did, did you score? And did, did did you win? And and sometimes it's not in that order. But you know, if you scored a goal, it doesn't mean you had a good game. And and if you didn't score, it doesn't mean you didn't play well. But this is kind of what is in the minds of of, of young players that you know, if I get a goal, I had a good game. And and you know, Rick Nash is a guy, a great example of a guy who contributes in so many different ways um, to his team that, that me as a coach, I appreciate that because I, I, I can use that, um, you know, to, to, to help educate our players. So he'd be my choice for today. I have to agree with you. I, I got to meet Rick Nash twice at two uh, Wheels Up events. One of them, I saw you on the ice with him as well, and I know you do a lot of work with the New York Rangers Learn to Skate and the youth organizations, Junior Rangers, so you get to see him, certainly. And you play the game, you coach, so you know you look at those things. Um, I definitely agree with everything you said about Rick Nash. I think the biggest you know challenge associated with him is that you know this monster salary this monster contract but that won't be an issue at the end of this year because he becomes an unrestricted free agent i'd love for the rangers to re-sign him i think he likes playing in new york um he's a definitely a great two-way player he does lots of little things on the ice um and overall he's a good guy so if we can get him back 
at like uh, half what he's making now, I'd have no issue with it whatsoever. Yeah, listen, he's he's going to be an asset to every place for and I know all the folks over there at the Garden, you know, uh, Jeff Gordon, those guys, they, they, they're great at what they do, and um, I'm sure they'll make a good decision for the Rangers, and I'm sure that, um, you know, that they appreciate, you know, you know, Nash's work as well, you know? Absolutely. Uh, Gary, thank you so much for taking the time out. Uh, we've been chatting with uh, Coach Gary Dworkowitz of the North Rockland Raiders. I just took a quick look outside, and it kind of looks like the folks at the top in the section made the right decision to postpone the games today. I don't know about you, Gary, but I've got some big, fat snowflakes falling right now outside my window here in Orange County. So, um, yeah, I'm about to get uh, some salt here and get the shovels ready when we need them. And then, uh, you know, we'll see if, see if the youth hockey, uh, youth hockey gods are, are going to cooperate with us as well for canceling those games. So if not, we'll have some comfort food going, you know? Oh, definitely. I ran out last night with my kids and stocked up on ice cream, frozen pizza, candy, snacks, junk, you know, much to my wife's chagrin. Um, but that's what we need on a, on a snow day. Uh, Gary, again, I can't thank you enough. We're, we've reached almost the 24 minute mark, which is like a record as far as like a coach interview, but I really do appreciate the time you've, you've taken out to uh, speak with me and for your continued support of all my efforts to, to cover this great sport of ours. No, and, uh, just take the opportunity to thank you. Our, our players love what you do. Uh, you know, our families and players, they appreciate it. They look forward to it and, keep doing what you're doing man keep up the good work i appreciate that coming from you it's the ultimate compliment so enjoy the rest of your day gary and i'll see you at the rink all right Chuck. take care my man you when you're ready. This is Coach Chaparelli of Marinic Tigers, and you're listening to HV Pucks, available for free on Google Play, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Now, back to the show. As the seventh episode for Season 2 comes to an end, it's now time for Stick Taps, where we honor, recognize, and acknowledge individual players, coaches, teams, or hockey-related events and charities. Attention, all female hockey players. There's going to be a Hudson Valley Girls High School Ice Hockey Kickoff Clinic for players in grades 6 through 12 on Saturday, January 6th, beginning at 7.45 p.m. at the Brewster Ice Arena. Staff members from the New York Rangers will be there, Eric Nates, Stacy Weirl, and members of the New York State USA Hockey Coaches Education Team will be coordinating clinics, and it's anticipated that members of the National Women's Hockey League's Connecticut Whale will also be there. Please contact Tess Brogan, Athletic Director at Clarkstown North, for more information. And her email address is tbrogan at ccsd.edu. Stick taps out to the Oswego Hockey Team, who held their second annual First Responders Night 
on Friday, December 22nd against Fulton. The uh, ceremony start at 6.30 with puck drop set for 7 p.m. Stick taps out to sophomore goalie Lenny Perno of the Aquinas varsity hockey team for recording a 7 to nothing shutout against Spencerport on Thursday, December 21st. Lenny's first shutout of the year came in a 2 nothing victory over the Genesee Ice Devils on Tuesday, December 12th. Stick taps out to the McQuaid Jesuit varsity hockey team for helping to deliver food to those in need via the FoodLink mobile pantry. Stick taps out to senior forward Parker Morrow of uh, the Grand Island Federation hockey team for scoring three goals and having three assists in a 9-0 win over Kenmore East on Thursday, December 21st. What made the game even more exciting is that this was their first ever win over the Bulldogs. Stick taps out to both Ben Weppner and Max Wapperer of the St. Joe's Federation hockey team. Uh, ben for making 29 saves in a 2-2 tie against Williamsville North on Thursday, uh, December 21st. And uh, Max has battled through a lower body injury to come back and contribute uh, to the club. Stick taps out to the Iron Maniacs, a.k.a. fans of the Don Bosco varsity hockey team, who encouraged their fans to bring a teddy bear to the game uh, to be tossed against Bergen Catholic on Friday, December 22nd. Stick taps out to Coleman Jacobs, who had a hat trick, and goaltender Grant Zell of the Orchard Park Federation hockey team, who made 45 saves in a 4-3 OT win over Niagara-Wheatfield on Friday, December 22nd. Stick taps out to senior forward Eddie Corvelli of the Glenrock varsity hockey team, who eclipsed the 100 career points mark with two assists in a 4-2 win over Lakeland on Friday, December 22nd. Stick taps out to junior defenseman Tori Gaglione of the Suffield-Ellington-Enfield-Housatonic Girls co-op varsity hockey team, who stepped in and served as her team's goaltender despite this being her first time ever in the net since being a mite. She delivered 18 saves in a 3-1 loss to Mercy Northwest Catholic on Friday, December 22nd. Again, way to step up, Tori G. Stick taps out to Coach Rich McLaughlin of the Randolph Rams varsity hockey team on earning his 400th career win in a 3-1 victory over Roxbury on Saturday, December 23rd. Stick taps out to senior goaltender Tanner Brown on recording his 1,000th career save for uh, the Mendham hockey team in a 10-2 loss uh, to uh, Vernon on uh, uh, Saturday, December 23rd. Uh, Tanner has faced almost 250 shots this season in only six games. Stick taps out to the E.O. Smith-Tolland Bucks hockey team who have made a pledge this year to support the Jacob Roger Poulin Foundation through the Score for Jacob campaign. Fans can pledge a dollar amount for every Bucks goal scored this season, which will directly benefit the foundation and its many charitable endeavors, including building a park in Jacob's memory. For more information, you can visit www.jrpf.org or follow at BucksNation1 on Twitter. 
Stick taps out to the St. John Vianney High School hockey team and the Christian Brothers Academy for playing in a military appreciation game at the Navesink Country Club on Wednesday, January 3rd. CBA will be collecting donations for the Lieutenant Dennis W. Zielinski Memorial Fund, and St. John Vianney's proceeds will benefit the Pause for Vets program. As we close out 2017, it looks like I'm going to be able to get down there for that game. Stick taps out to the Marist College Red Foxes for hosting their first annual Hall of Fame induction ceremony on Saturday, January 20th. The alumni game is set for 10.30 a.m. at the McCann Ice Arena, followed by lunch and the Hall of Fame induction. And the afternoon ends with a game against Maris and Wagner College at 4.15 back at McCann. And if you know of a player, coach, team, or hockey-related event or charity and would like them to receive stick taps in the future, please tweet me at TravJack71 using the hashtag HVPucks. This is your boy Trav, and you're listening to the HV Pucks Podcast, and I'll be right back with some of my final thoughts after this. This is Ed Witts. And this is Doc Minoff. And you're, and you're listening, listening to, to the HB Pucks, Pucks Podcast, available for free download on Google Play, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Now, back to the show. <laughs> As the horn sounds on the seventh episode of season two, I just want to let you know some of the topics that we're going to look at uh, for future podcasts this season. Uh, one of the listeners uh, wrote to me and said they'd like to talk about how the strength of the schedule that a team plays impacts their season, uh, including preparation for the playoffs. I think that's an incredibly intriguing uh, topic, which I can't wait to get into uh, in, a, in a few weeks. Uh, someone wanted to know which team has the best locker room. Uh, someone else chimed in because they want to find out which team has the best merch. Um, we've already talked about uh, being a female hockey player. I'm still working on a couple of interviews. I've got uh, three, three individuals that live outside of the United States that would like to participate, and I'd love to get them involved. So I just have to figure out uh, the best time and the best way to get them on the podcast. Um, I also want to do a history of uh, Hudson Valley hockey with uh, Stefan Vallis and Mike Schoenbach. That's probably something I'm going to do closer towards the end of the season. Um, I really love what Mike Benelli's doing. He's uh, made a, a number of positive contributions to the podcast thus far, and he's doing some really great grassroots initiatives. He's trying to grow the game um, and expose more kids to the great sport of hockey. So let's look to have Mike Benelli on. And uh, I recently learned about a very, a very devoted group of hockey players, adult hockey players, who have been uh, getting together on Tuesday nights for the last 44 years. Uh, the game is referred to as Hockey Night in Katona, so I'm definitely looking to interview some of those guys and uh, maybe check out a game. And someone else uh, recently chimed in, and they asked if uh, being a multi-sport athlete 
helps hockey players, or should they really just specialize uh, in the one sport, uh, that being hockey? Um, and if there are topics you'd like me to address on the show, please tweet me at TravJack71 as I do this podcast for you. Um, I'm also excited to announce the addition of a Where Are They Now segment to the podcast. Um, I had Tommy Spiro, former netminder for the Mamaroneck Tigers on during episode five. So any former Hudson Valley players that like that would like to come on, please tweet or DM me at TravJack71, um, and I'd love to have you on. Looking, uh, I'm looking to also have a recurring segment entitled From the Trainer's Room, which will focus on athlete health, safety, and nutrition. I recently spoke to a trainer for a local high school team, and she's agreed to come on the show. Uh, so I'm looking to bring her on uh, within the next few weeks as well. <clears throat> Before I sign off, I want to thank my beautiful wife, Marisol, and my two daughters, Juliana and Kayla, for their never-ending support, love, patience, and understanding because our family time takes a hit over the, uh, the hockey season um, as I embark on another exciting adventure throughout the Hudson Valley and beyond. I affectionately refer to them as my home team, and again, I could not do this without them. Um, you can find me on Twitter at TravJack71. You can also find me on Instagram at 5 underscore min underscore major, and on Snapchat at 5 underscore min major. And if you like the music you've heard throughout the show, uh, check out the EP Broken Walls by Fracture, which is available on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Uh, they're currently working on a studio album, and uh, if they start when they start touring and they start playing some local shows, I'll also have information available on uh, where you can see them live. Um, you can check them out uh, in the meantime on Twitter at Fracture underscore Band, on Instagram at Fracture Official, Fracture Band Official on Facebook, and www.fractureofficial.com on the web. Uh, I can't believe we are approaching. Uh, almost the one-year anniversary for the HV Pucks podcast. Uh, the support has been tremendous. Um, I really do appreciate it. As I said earlier, and I say it, I don't think I say it often enough, I do this podcast for you, and it's been a tremendous, tremendous ride so far. I'm looking forward to 2018 um, and, and continuing to do uh, what I love to do, and that's uh, you know bring you the best independent high school hockey coverage possible. So this is your boy Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and I'll see you at the rink.